Hello? Anybody home? Today, I want you to open your mind. I've almost come to the conclusion that the story is so damning that the mass of people can't deal with it. We are in process of developing a whole series of techniques to get people actually to love their servitude. We face a hostile ideology, global in scope, atheistic in character, ruthless in purpose and insidious in method. For we are opposed around the world by a monolithic and ruthless conspiracy that relies primarily on covet means for expanding its sphere of influence. To change the minds and the attitudes and the beliefs of the people of the world, and especially the United States, to bring about one world socialist totalitarian government. The potential for the disastrous rise of misplaced power exists and will persist. It has patterned itself after every dictator who has ever planted the ripping imprint of a boot on the pages of history since the beginning of time. If you can get people to consent to the state of affairs in which they are living, then you have a much more easily controllable society than you would if you were relying wholly on clubs and firing squads and concentration camps. Tools of conquest do not necessarily come with bombs and explosions and fallout. There are weapons that are simply thoughts, attitudes, prejudices, to be found only in the minds of men. The military-industrial complex not only controls our government, but they control our culture. As you connect the dots between different people, organizations, places, religions, history, suddenly the picture starts to form. If you don't connect the dots, it's just a mass of what's all this about. The kingdom of God is within man, not one man, nor a group of men, but in all men, in you. You, the people, have the power to make this life free and beautiful, to make this life a wonderful adventure. Someone born in the United States is not more special than someone born in Mexico. Someone who is white is not more special than someone who is black. They're just vehicles for the consciousness to experience. Brutes have risen to power, but they lie. They do not fulfill that promise. They never will. Dictators free themselves, but they enslave the people. War is peace. Freedom is slavery. Ignorance is strength. They do not want your children to be educated. They do not want you to think too much. It was learned that the aliens had been and were then manipulating masses of people through secret societies, witchcraft, magic, the occult, and religion. They reach into our children. In music, television, books. Pray on children's innocence. How can I disprove lies that are stamped with an official seal? So if you have the opportunity to stand next to one of these machines, it feels like an altar to an alien god. The Army Air Forces has announced that a flying disc has been found and is now in the possession of the Army. You can deny all the things I've seen, all the things I've discovered, but not for much longer, because too many others know what's happening out there. And no one, no government agency has jurisdiction over the truth. Any state, any entity, any ideology that fails to recognize the worth, the dignity, the rights of man, that state is obsolete. A case to be filed under M for Mankind in the Twilight Zone. It's about time some of you got acquainted with the real hard truth. 
Freedom is the privilege to be right. Freedom from the disasters of our mistakes. It's the heart that says, I will not acquiesce. Across the gulf of space, intellects, vast and cool and unsympathetic, regarded our planet with envious eyes. Each of us, when separated, is always looking for our other half. And the desire and the pursuit of the whole is called love. Heart perception will change everything. Welcome to the Secret Teachings Radio Broadcast. I'm your host, Ryan Gable, and you are tuned into the Fringe FM, streaming on the Fringe FM app, fringe.fm, the secretteachings.info, our website, as well as TalkStream Live, and the Paranormal Radio app, which you can also download for free. If you missed any of the past episodes broadcast on the fringe of the secret teachings you can visit our website and subscribe to the show archive when you subscribe weekly monthly or yearly you get access to the full show archive to download and stream every show you get access to the montages we have about 70 plus montages almost 80 in the archive and you get access to to download or read or both all of my books, Occult Arcana, Food Philosophy, and The Technological Elixir on the website in digital form. But it's a better deal to get the yearly subscription for 50 bucks because you get access to all of that and a physical copy of one of my books autographed with free shipping in the United States. And the cost of one of the books is pretty much the cost of the subscription, so it's a much better deal if you're looking to get some more content and support the show and help us to do what we do five nights a week, Monday through Friday, exclusively here on The Fringe FM. If you'd like to contact the show, contact me directly. You can email me. My personal email is rdgable, G-A-B-L-E at yahoo.com. And when you send over an email, try to keep it brief. If you do send a longer email, just understand I'm not going to be able to respond back to a five-paragraph email uh, to 100 people. I just don't have time for that. So keep it brief. Or if you have a lot you want to share, you know, just maybe bold or highlight the specifics of what you want me to respond to uh, with regards to news or personal stories. I just don't have time to do all of it with what I have to do here to prepare for the show five nights a week. And I still have to have time for myself. My fiance, Hope, she works, she comes home. We want to spend time together. So please be patient. But that is the email. That's how you get a hold of me. I don't have a team. It's just me. You can also find us on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash the secret teachings. And you can check out our website, not only for subscriptions and top news stories and what each show during the week is going to be about. I post little promotional pictures up, our little advertisements on the site for each show topic, Monday through Friday. But you can find on the website links at the top of the page to our affiliate sponsors, Pro One Water Filters, formerly Pro Pure. They've got gravity-fed filtration systems for the kitchen. They've got shower filters. They've got household systems. You click the link for Pro One on our website. That's the affiliate link to take you to their website. Their water filters get rid of chlorine. They get rid of chemicals. 
They get rid of heavy metals. They get rid of fluoride and a lot more. Check them out and check out US Plus Health. The same place on the website. There's an affiliate link at the top of the page with the slider bar. It's an American company, a small company, a great company that we just started working with. We haven't really sold anything that I'm aware of. I'm not sure how the affiliate program is going to work with them yet, but they're giving you 20% off for whatever you buy. Uh, You could buy a gallon of isopropyl alcohol with no additives, no poisons, nothing that is unnecessary. And uh, that's a product that will support a small company. It will support the secret teachings, and uh, it's good to have isopropyl alcohol or their hydrogen peroxide for your medical kit to clean your kitchen, to clean your house. Or if you have a business, you can buy a lot more. And again, you get 20% off with promo code TSTCLEAN, T-S-T-C-L-E-A-N, or the affiliate link on the website. Now that that's out of the way, I want to share a personal story from my childhood. When I was about five, six years old, I don't remember it very well, but it's one of the only memories I have of being that young. For those of you who don't know, I grew up in Florida. I grew up in uh, the central Florida area. I was born in Seminole, Florida, and I lived most of my life in St. Pete, St. Petersburg, Florida, that little peninsula that comes out. And I lived uh, right across from the Tampa Bay area, um, right across the Bay of Tampa over the Courtney Campbell and Howard Franklin bridges. And when I was living in St. Pete, St. Pete and Florida in general is just a very interesting and, and kind of weird, bizarre place to live. You really can't gauge what people's views are. I mean, it's considered a conservative state, but you really can't gauge what people's view are on things. Florida is just bizarre. You see headlines about people feeding uh, meth to squirrels and you know, just ridiculous stories about criminals telling police that they've got cocaine in their car because the wind blew it in through the window. Like, you, 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 you know, it's Florida man, right? You hear about Florida man. But when I was younger, uh, all I was really interested in was, was basketball, hockey, and uh, I really wasn't concerned with uh, being brought up as a Baptist. I was brought up as a Christian. I went to a Christian school. Uh, for those of you who are interested, I went to Northside Christian School in St. Petersburg, Florida, just a little bit south of Seminole, Seminole County, where I was born. Went to Northside Christian. My mom worked at a Baptist church, part of the school. It was up the road, uh, somewhere in central St. Pete area, I believe, is uh, where it was. And I never really understood anything that I was taught in school. Maybe I had really poor teachers, or maybe I was a really bad student, but I just, nothing clicked with me. I I did enjoy history, but nothing really clicked with me, especially the religious stuff. That didn't really click with me. But I know that I, I have this distinct memory of being drawn to it. I mean, it was Baptist school, so it wasn't a Catholic school. It wasn't adorned in the iconography of the Catholic Church. Uh, you know, whether people weren't walking around with censers and robes and, you know, with rulers to beat kids who were a little unruly. But we did have um, chapel session, and uh, they were pretty big on the NIV Bible. I remember one day we had a chapel session, and they were offering uh, some of the students, this was when I was in middle school, I think this was fourth or fifth grade, so this was like 2000, 2001. I remember that um, 
they offered some kids an opportunity to go to like a Bible camp or a Bible school. And uh, that, you know, you could get on the path now in fourth, fifth grade to graduate high school and go to Bible study and, you know, get in, study theology and get into some church-like work. And I didn't really like church. I used to take my Game Boy and play Game Boy at the church, uh, or I take my, uh, I think I had like Digimon action figures. I would take those to church or something like that. Didn't really like church, but there was just something about religious symbolism that I did like. And it wasn't something I realized until I got a little bit older, and then I remembered very distinctly you know, I don't remember much from childhood, but I remember those things very distinctly. The The religious iconography was, was intriguing to me. There was something powerful about it. Now, I don't think that there's some supernatural component to my interest in that. I just feel that these symbols are powerful because of how many people see them as powerful, see them as having meaning, whether it's the cross or it's the stigmata or it's the Virgin Mary. And so at one point I thought, maybe, I'll go, I distinctly remember this, I was sitting in chapel, and I was thinking, maybe I'll go to Bible school. And I, I didn't really know why, but I just thought, maybe I'll go to Bible school. And that was just a passing thought. And now, I'm not a Christian, uh, definitely not a Baptist Christian, um, but I feel like I live a very Christian life. And in other ways, I feel like I live a very Muslim life. And in some other ways, I feel like I live a very Jewish life and a very Buddhist life. I've studied all these religions. And in fact, I have another memory of one of the other, only other memories I have of being a lot, lot younger, younger kid was driving in the car with my grandma one time over, uh, we were just off the, uh, the bridge uh, where uh, the Howard Franklin connects to St. Pete from Tampa Bay. And I remember in the car with her, we were talking about religion and I just have a lot of these religious memories. And I said, I don't know if I'm really a Christian. And I honestly don't remember how my grandma felt about that. But I said, maybe I'm Jewish. Maybe I'm, I kind of like Buddhist teaching. And then I remember in the car thinking, I don't have to choose any of these things. And so maybe for like a week, I was an atheist and then I further realized I don't have to be an atheist either. I can think and view the world however I want, and I can take practices from various religions and implement them. And My first memory, though, as a kid, that, that I can truly recall without anybody interfering, no pictures, no stories, no video. I must have been five years old. Because in 1996, I was born in 1991, 1996 in Clearwater, Florida, just off the U.S. 19, something happened to a building. For a lot of people, it was just a water stain. For other people, it was what appeared to be the Virgin Mary on the side of the building. This image appeared on the side of a building in Clearwater, Florida in 1996, just off U.S. 19. December 17th, 1996, people called it a Christmas miracle. The appearance of Mary, or what seemed to be Mary, on the side of this glass building, became known as Our Lady of Clearwater. Our Lady of Clearwater. 
couple nights ago, I sat down and I was looking through some movies to watch. And my fiance, Hope, was she was out of town and uh, she went to a bridal shower for one of her cousins in Pennsylvania. So I had a couple of days to myself and I flipped through some TV shows and I found that um, I really wanted to watch A Quiet Place 2. So I temporarily signed up for Paramount Plus. Uh, and I watched that movie. And then at the end of it, I was flipping through and I found a, a TV show called Evil. And I've talked about the TV show Evil before. I've watched the first season and I was really excited around Christmas time last year because I heard that there was going to be another season. But I didn't think it was going to be released until the fall 2021 and, and it's actually uh, airing now. So I clicked on it and they had five episodes up. And I thought, all right, hope's gone. Uh, we don't watch TV every night and I've been so busy. I'm going to sit down and watch these episodes. I watched four or five, and there was an episode called A is for Angel, where this guy is being communicated with or perhaps haunted by an angel that calls himself Michael. In other words, the Archangel Michael, the only Archangel specifically named in the Bible as an Archangel, chief of the angels. And the communication starts with this guy doing work at food pantries and helping the poor. And then the archangel tells him to sell his house and give away all of his money. And at the same time, his wife is pregnant and she doesn't want to lose their house and, you know, be homeless and give away all their money. They're about to have a baby. So she feels that there's something wrong with what the, this angel is supposedly telling this guy. And uh, in this TV show, it's it's really a, a combination of like the X Files and Supernatural and some other you know uh, supernatural like television shows, different concepts. It's heavy on religion, but there's like a Monster of the Week episode. There's angels and demons and superstitions, and you know there's an episode about how music can corrupt you and make you commit suicide, and which was one of my favorite episodes. I don't really think the show is like powerfully written but the concepts are pretty powerful and this episode this guy's talking to this angel and it just kind of gives you this idea it's the intent of the episode it gives you this idea um that maybe the angel is not an angel maybe the angel is a demon and there's another character in the show one of the main characters um there's three of them one is studying to to get into the church one is a psychologist and one is a skeptic of all of it he's more of like a hard science guy and he says that he believes it's just psychosis or it's caused by some chemical that this guy's been exposed to and then the the psychologist and the guy studying to get into the church they're debating on whether this is angelic or whether this is demonic and maybe start thinking you know you see something that you believe is angelic or divine but is it is it demonic? Is it diabolic? How do you differentiate between the two? How do you determine what is good and what is evil? You can see what's light and what's dark, but Lucifer is the bearer of light. You have to realize there's two kinds of light. There's light and then there's false light. How do you determine what's good and what's evil, what's angelic and what's demonic? I just watched another movie called The Unholy wasn't really a good movie, but about a girl who communicated with the Virgin Mary, or at least she thought it was the Virgin Mary, and it takes control of her, and it has these powers to heal the sick in exchange for their souls, but it's not really the Virgin Mary. 
So it's a case of be careful what you pray to because there are things that are preying on you. I want to talk to you about this tonight on The Secret Teachings, so don't go anywhere. Stay with us right here on The Fringe FM. Attention, you are tuned into restricted airspace. Tune out immediately. This is The Secret Teachings Radio on The Fringe FM. If you enjoy The Secret Teachings and want to hear more while supporting the show, visit the website, thesecretteachings.info, and subscribe to our show archive. As a yearly subscriber, you can download and stream every show after it airs and get access to the digital versions of each one of Ryan's books. The show offers weekly and monthly subscriptions, or for $50 a year, get access to the archive, montages, and digital books at a discounted price. Just visit thesecretteachings.info and click on the donate button at the top of the page. Your subscription supports The Secret Teachings, The Fringe FM, and you. Alex Exum. My name is Alex Exum, and you're listening to The Fringe FM. Hey there, I'm Ryan Gable of The Secret Teachings, and like my show, I like to associate with people and companies who are passionate about taking steps to a healthier life. Pro One Water Filters brings you simple-to-use systems for the home, business, and even the shower. They filter fluoride, heavy metals, and more, and their shower heads stop chlorine from being vaporized and inhaled. I've personally used their systems now for five years, and they're worth every penny sincerely. Our other affiliate, US Plus Health, is a small American company specializing in hydrogen peroxide solutions, isopropyl alcohol, and hand sanitizers with no additional ingredients like ethanol, chloride, or methanol. They use 100% U.S. materials at an FDA-registered facility. Their simple, non-toxic formulations are both safe and gentle. They evaporate quickly and leave no residue or stickiness. They're even recommended by the CDC, FDA, and WHO as opposed to other toxic chemicals like QACs. Find links to these affiliates, Pro One Water Filters, and U.S. Plus Health on our website, www.thesecretteachings.info for links, or visit usplushealth.com and type in the promo code TSTCLEAN. Do you want to know more about this strange and weird reality we live in? Join me, Jess Rogie, the host of The Rogie Report, where we explore the unrevealed. Every Wednesday night, live at 6 p.m. Pacific, 9 p.m. Eastern, here on The Fringe FM, KTLK Digital Broadcasting. This is Kev Baker of The Kev Baker Show, and you're listening to The Secret Teachings with Ryan Gable. The truth is out there. And so are we. KTLK. Digital Broadcasting. The Fringe FM. This is Michael Strange from Troubled Minds. Did you hear that scientists recently discovered radio waves coming from Proxima Centauri? Well, I cannot confirm nor deny we are broadcasting from that neck of the woods. You are listening to KTLK. The Fringe FM. You're listening to The Secret Teachings. For more information on the show or to contact Ryan, visit thesecretteachings.info or email ryan at rdgable at yahoo.com. Hello, folks. This is Jordan Maxwell. My website is jordanmaxwellshow.com, and you're listening to The Secret Teachings. Excellent shows. Keep listening with your host, Ryan Gable. 
If you want the most unique blend of subjects anywhere on radio, from parapsychology, pop conspiracy, parapolitics, the paranormal, and symbolism, look no further than The Secret Teachings, airing Monday through Friday right here on The Fringe FM. Our topics, themes, and perspectives are not bogged down by rhetoric or ideological collective associations. It's just raw thought and consciousness. Check us out by visiting our website at thesecretteachings.info or the network fringe.fm. Listen, I have a story for you. A healing, possibly divine. A girl performing miracles after a visitation from the Virgin Mary. I have read several libraries worth on the supernatural. Investigated half a dozen miracles. Prove them all false. He's been... Hearing something. What? A voice. He said it's the Archangel Michael, and he's been giving Raymond instructions. What instructions? At first, it was just working at the food kitchen, giving clothes to the poor, things like that. Seeing is believing. And why do you think Mary chose you? I opened myself up and welcomed her in. Of the Virgin Mary draw millions of faithful each year. The Vatican has been tasked to investigate this visitation from the Blessed Virgin. Why did Monica not Angela? He's being haunted. Angels don't haunt. Sure they do. Angels destroyed Sodom and Gomorrah. They turned Lot's wife into a pillar of salt for looking back. They killed the Assyrian army. At God's behest in defense of the righteous. Angels are not cherubs. Angels terrify everyone in the Bible. He's here. You think there could be other forces at play here? When God builds a church, the devil builds a chapel next door. Don't doubt her. Doubt weakens faith. Hail Mary, full of grace. Pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. This is not the work of the Virgin Mary. It's the work of the unholy. Faith in evil and power sealer. Offer your soul to Mary. Holy Mary, Mother of God, the Lord is with you. There are people in this world who are connectors. They influence people. They have their jobs, uh, teachers, stockbrokers, expert witnesses. They pretend to be normal, but their real pursuit is evil, encouraging others to do evil. You don't have to believe in supernatural to know that there are people out there who do bad things and encourage others to do bad things for the sheer pleasure. I'm Ryan Gable, and you are tuned into The Secret Teachings Radio. I went to a Baptist Christian school all throughout middle school and high school, even when I was in kindergarten. I grew up with just a minor amount of religious iconography in the house. I wasn't a Catholic, so I wasn't exposed to that. I have a lot of memories in my young adult years, very few from when I was a child, but I started thinking about my upbringing in a religious household 
And I realized the very few memories I have of being a very, very young child all revolve around religion. I recall a chapel in middle school, and I recall distinctively long before that chapel day in middle school where I thought, maybe I'll go to Bible school because they were having a presentation on this. I must have been five years old. I was born in 1991. must have been five years old. In 1996, I was taken to an office building in Clearwater, Florida. I remember my mom took me. I don't know if my grandma, because she lived there too in Florida. I don't know if anybody else went, but Clearwater, Florida, right near St. Petersburg, Tampa Bay area. There's a building off US-19. It's still there, at least the last time I was in Clearwater. I actually drove to a bookstore, and I drove by it, and I didn't have perspective or context on where things were as a kid, but as an adult, I drove by, and I remembered, oh my God, that's the building that in 1996, the Virgin Mary supposedly appeared on the side. Now, it was like a water stain, but who's to say that's not a miracle? There's a really great episode of It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia, too, where the pipe in the back office of, the, of Patty's Pub is leaking, and it looks like, you know, it looks like the Virgin Mary, so they try to get a priest to come in and bless it, and Charlie becomes, he puts on this white suit, and he pretends he's basically like a child of God, and he's preaching, and God's speaking through him. It's a really funny episode, and, uh, you know, I, I went to see that stain. I was five years old. My mom took me to see the stain. They had chairs lined up. This is like maybe my oldest actual memory. Not something that I manufactured by reading something today, but I remember this. My mom took us, and there were chairs lined up, and in front of the building there were candles and pictures and flowers. And I, I did look it back up in the news, uh, and uh, people had T-shirts made of it. You know, I, I witnessed the miracle of Mary. And it's been referred to as Our Lady of Clearwater. It appeared in December of 1996. People called it a Christmas miracle. But was it a miracle? What exactly is a miracle? How do you define a miracle? How do you quantify a miracle? How can you confirm a miracle? Well, the Vatican has their own way to confirm a miracle, and it doesn't usually deal with sightings of the Virgin Mary on the side of office buildings. But miracles can take place anywhere in the world at any time. And I would think that a lot of miracles go unnoticed. Uh, A lot of miracles that we think of as being miracles or miraculous might not be so miraculous. And somewhere in the middle between those that are missed and those that really aren't miracles, there probably are some real miracles that we, you know, we just we don't study these types of things. We don't go to church and we don't study theology or history, so we've, we've never heard of them. But if you do study the Bible, if you do study theology, the Bible is filled with miracles. In fact, the first section of the book of John, the first 12 parts of the book of John, are referred to as the book of signs or the book of miracles. The seven miracles performed by Jesus in the Bible are turning water into wine, which is an alchemical transformation, the healing of the royal official's son in Capernaum, the healing of the paralytic at Bethesda, 
the feeding of the 5,000, walking on water, which represents illusion and rising above illusion. Peter doubted Jesus, so Peter sunk into the water, sunk into illusion. The healing of the blind man who had been blind since birth. And then, of course, resurrection, the raising of Lazarus from the dead, where Jesus reaches out and says, Lazarus, come forth. Lazarus, come forth, or enter anybody's name, come forth, was also used in the Egyptian mysteries to raise people from the dead. Not the actual dead, but from a three-day, typically drug-infused coma that would allow the initiate to experience the other world, to commune with spirits, to overcome death, and then to be resurrected and to exit the temple as a son or daughter of God. In ancient Sumeria, the holy beverage that would contain the hallucinogenic substance that would put one into a state of pseudo-death was a woman in a red dress. That red dress later became interpreted by the church as a symbol of the harlot or the whore, thus the scarlet letter. The word hyridol was turned into harlot by the church. So the red dress became a symbol of the whore, a symbol of the harlot, a symbol of sexuality rather than a symbol of sacredness. The same goes for the red rose. These are things that we've talked about on our recent shows relating to the music industry, relating to human trafficking, pedophilia, etc., etc. The abuse of the red dress and those that wear the red dress. There's also a relationship to technology and artificial intelligence and the replacing of that which is organic and good with something synthetic and bad. Overcoming nature. There are four kinds of miracles. There are healing miracles. There are exorcisms. There are resurrections. And there's the exercising of control over nature. And you can see these miracles performed by Jesus in the Bible, described in the book of Signs, the first few chapters of the book of John. Turning water into wine, healing people, that are paralyzed, that are blind, walking on water, multiplying the fish and the bread to feed 5,000 and raising people from the dead. Now, an exorcism in those days, because at the time it was believed that illness was caused by a spirit, healing the sick was equivalent to exorcising the sick of the demon. So Jesus healed, Jesus exorcised, Jesus resurrected, and Jesus demonstrated his power over nature as an extension of God or as the Son of God. Now today, the Vatican has a specific set of criteria for how they define a miracle. Now, Although it can become a political process and it can become identified as being nothing more than an arbitrary, uh, an arbitrary standard, A miracle can pretty much be anything, but typically a miracle is the curing of some deadly, incurable medical condition. And what usually happens is the miracle is reported. Usually a bishop will then report it 
if he believes it to be an actual miracle to the Vatican, the Vatican issues investigations from the Congregation for the Causes of the Saints. They obtain advice from doctors, from theologians, and the Pope ultimately makes the decision on whether or not an event was a miracle, whether it was the healing of the sick or it was an apparition of the Holy Mother Mary, the Holy Virgin, a Marian apparition. The miracle must be, if it relates to medical conditions, complete, instantaneous, and durable. These are the criteria for a miracle. But a miracle, again, can be anything. We look at our own lives and we find things that happen, and we sometimes ascribe to them the name of miracle. It's a miracle. And we don't just use that loosely as a term. Some people really do see that events that happen in their life are a miracle. And I think that partially stems not only from your religious upbringing, and by extension the terminology that you use, the lexicon that you access, but it also stems from how you perceive the world. If you are always down, always feel depressed, always are anxious and worried, always are afraid, and something happens to you, perhaps by chance, by raw, natural, organic chance, you just happen to be thrown a bone by the universe, but you have any conception simultaneously of the concept of a miracle, and suddenly, even though it was by chance, you experienced a miracle. But then again, who's to say that that miracle, simply by the usage of the word and the implication of the word, really isn't a miracle? The universe threw you a bone, but isn't the universe God? The universe, God, God sent his only begotten son, Yeshua, Joshua, Jesus Christ, to die for your sins. He threw mankind a bone. Did God not throw mankind a bone? Or her, or the androgynous nature of God being anything but anthropomorphic? So how do you define a miracle then? It's kind of like how we have discussions today about whether it's philosophical or it's psychological or it's paranormal, or parapsychological, we have discussions about demons and angels, about aliens, about ghosts. And we try to quantify these, these different things, these different characters, and put them into groups in order to understand them. The religious will typically see things that are filled with light and they, things that they perceive as good. They will see them as angels and things they see as dark and they perceive as negative, they'll see them as demons or devils. One man's demon is another man's angel. One man's angel is another man's demon. And one man's angel or demon is another man's alien or extraterrestrial or ultra-terrestrial. One man's ultra-terrestrial or extraterrestrial is merely a ghost an apparition, a phantom, something that's not real. But you see it, but you experience, you interact with it, a phantom, a ghost, a shadow, a hat man, a stick man, 
a slender man, a momo. But again, who's to say these things are not real in the sense that we see them, we perceive them, we manufacture them. They are tulpas. They are egregores. They are golems. They are manifested from the raw mud and clay that is our thought processes. Angels, demons, aliens, whatever you want to call them, ghosts, whatever. Benevolent beings, usually angels, sometimes ghosts or whatever you choose to use as a word to describe these spiritual beings, are usually satisfied by sacrifices and rituals. Angels in particular, as described in the Bible, usually assist humans in achieving some kind of connection with God. They are the emissaries of God, the extensions of God. Angels are not the same type of holy divinity as God, but they are an extension of. They are like the leaves coming out of the branches of a tree. Or if God is the trunk, the branches are the angels and the leaves are God's children. Perhaps a strong wind could be a demonic influence, but if you think about angels and demons for a moment, and maybe you don't have a religious background, maybe you just know about angels and demons from movies, maybe you see them as ghosts or some kind of apparition or aliens, angels and demons, whether it's in Judaism or it's Christianity or it's in Islam or Zoroastrianism, you see that angels are not always described as beings of light. Angels sometimes are terrifying. And angels do things in the Bible that we would perceive as bad, as malevolent. But that provides us with a very interesting question to consider. If something as described in the Bible like the destruction of Sodom and Gomorrah, if something like this is done by an angel, an angel destroys a city with the perception of evil people that are gambling, that are prostituting, that are doing terrible things. God sends his angels to destroy the city. And because Lot's wife looks back, she gets turned into a pillar of salt. There's different translations of that. Some, she gets turned into a pillar of stone. But Sodom and Gomorrah, people have argued, particularly those that are not of the Christian faith, that Sodom and Gomorrah was one example of God expressed as more of a devil or a demon because Sodom and Gomorrah was a city filled with, well, relatively innocent people. What about the righteous people in the city? What about the righteous that don't deserve to die? If you read Genesis 18, 22, it says, The men turned away and went toward Sodom, but Abraham remained standing before the Lord. Then Abraham approached him and said, Will you sweep away the righteous with the wicked? What if there are 50 righteous people in the city? Will you really sweep it away and not spare the place for the sake of the 50 righteous people in it? Far be it from you to do such a thing, to kill the righteous with the wicked, treating the righteous and the wicked alike. Far be it from you. Will not the judge of all the earth do right? 
And the Lord said in return, If I find fifty righteous people in the city of Sodom, I will spare the whole place for their sake. And God and Abraham go on to continue having this discussion about the righteous and what happens if there aren't 50 righteous. Maybe there's 49 righteous people in the city. But the question is about good and evil. That's the real question this presents us with. The story of Sodom and Gomorrah, there's a moral to it. There's a lot more to that story. But what exactly is good and evil? Are angels good? Are angels evil? Is an apparition of the Virgin Mary a good thing? Or is it a bad thing? Could it potentially be both? If someone was to see the Virgin Mary and they were to die in an unfortunate accident, does that mean the Virgin Mary killed them? Or perhaps God was choosing that soul to come up to heaven with him. See, these are the things that have always intrigued me about the beliefs that we have, individually and collectively. In my book, Occult Arcana, I wrote about angels. I wrote about demons. I wrote about Zoroastrianism or Zoroastrianism. Zoroastrianism is arguably, and it's a Persian religion, one of the religions that led to the heavy influence of the concept of good and evil in other later religions. Zoroastrianism is comprised of a hierarchy of beings, including a king of light and a prince of darkness. The king of light is known as Ormazd, or Ahura Mazda. The prince of darkness is known as Eriman, or Anra Mayi. Underneath of Ormaz and Eriman are six archangels, the word arch being derived from a Latin word meaning to bow, archangels meaning that they both bend to the will of their superior. And although angels were not created to be worshipped as described in the Bible, they are more powerful, they are quicker than humans, they are too numerous to count. They are not omnipresent, omnipotent, or omniscient. And they express emotions and things like this. They have their own will. will. They're subject to Christ. But they're not meant to be worshipped as described in Revelation 19.10. Angels that are archangels are another description of the hierarchy. It's a way to break down and understand philosophical concepts that otherwise would be more difficult to comprehend. Let me explain what I mean by that. The six archangels under Ormaz in Zoroastrianism are known as divine wisdom, righteousness, dominion, devotion, totality, and salvation. The six archdemons under Aramon, the prince of darkness, are anarchy, apostasy, presumption, destruction, Decay and fury. You see that when you read about the seven holy angels in the Christian theology, you get Michael, Raphael, Gabriel, Uriel, Seraquel, Raguel, 
and Remiel. Michael is the angel of fire, Raphael the angel of air, Gabriel the angel of water, and Uriel the angel of earth. These holy angels, of course, all end in E-L. L, because an angel, which comes from the Greek angelos, means messenger. They are messengers of God, like Mercury. The L is from El or Elohim. Elohim, the plural for gods. The L that you can find in gospel, chapel, gospel and chapel. The angel is therefore a messenger of God and an extension of God. If God is holy and God is divinity and God is all these wonderful things, then the angels that serve under him, that help man to achieve connection with God, these angels must be wisdom and righteousness and dominion and devotion and totality and salvation. And the demons that serve under the devil must be anarchy and apostasy, the abandonment of renunciation or renunciation of a religious or political belief, denying God, presumption, fury, decay, and destruction. Christians give them names, Michael, Raphael, Gabriel, Uriel, Seraquil, Raguel, Remiel. What exactly is a miracle? What exactly is an angel? What exactly is a demon? And what exactly is good and evil? How do you define them? Is the appearance of the Virgin Mary on a building in Clearwater, Florida in 1996 or to the numerous people throughout history going back to the first century a good thing or a bad thing? Is it really the Virgin Mary? Is it good or is it evil? I'm Ryan Gable, and this is The Secret Teachings right here, broadcasting around the world five nights a week. Stay with us. There's more coming up. Visit our website at thesecretteachings.info. Subscribe to the show. Grab one of the books, Like Occult Arcana. Stay with us. We'll be back. Lifting the veil and peering into the abyss should only be done with the proper tools. Get them right here on KTLK Digital Broadcasting, The Fringe FM. And don't forget to download the Fringe FM app for free for your mobile device. Do you like The Secret Teachings and Ryan's passionately balanced approach to subjects from food and health to the entertainment industry and the occult? Then check out Ryan's books. Available in PDF and softcover with free shipping in the United States. For a practical, balanced, and unique look at the food industry, vaccinations, the theories of disease, and geoengineering, grab a copy of Food Philosophy. For a deeper look into artificial intelligence, UFO cults, black goo, and packs made with the devil in the music and entertainment industry, have a look at the technological elixir. Or look for Ryan's masterpiece, Occult Arcana, an encyclopedia of occult knowledge spanning from mythology and science to symbols and sigils, from ritual magic to voodoo, and from comparative religion and psychic abilities to paranormal activity. All three books can be purchased on the website at thesecretteachings.info, where you can read reviews from other authors and radio hosts around the world. Just visit thesecretteachings.info.
Hey there, I'm Ryan Gable of The Secret Teachings, and like my show, I like to associate with people and companies who are passionate about taking steps to a healthier life. Pro One Water Filters brings you simple-to-use systems for the home, business, and even the shower. They filter fluoride, heavy metals, and more, and their shower heads stop chlorine from being vaporized and inhaled. I personally use their systems now for five years, and they're worth every penny sincerely. Our other affiliate, US Plus Health, is a small American company specializing in hydrogen peroxide solutions, isopropyl alcohol, and hand sanitizers with no additional ingredients like ethanol, chloride, or methanol. They use 100% U.S. materials at an FDA-registered facility. Their simple, non-toxic formulations are both safe and gentle. They evaporate quickly and leave no residue or stickiness. They're even recommended by the CDC, FDA, and WHO as opposed to other toxic chemicals like QACs. Find links to these affiliates, Pro One Water Filters, and U.S. Plus Health on our website, www.thesecretteachings.info for links, or visit usplushealth.com and type in the promo code TSTCLEAN. The truth is out there, and so are we. KTLK Digital Broadcasting, The Fringe FM. Are you thinking about creating a podcast but don't know where to start? Do you really want to have to learn all this stuff? Individual track processing, enhanced and improved sound quality. Edit out those awkward pauses and slips, mix multiple clips and tracks, back volumes, deliver consistent sound. Live podcast production, show notes and SEO optimization, episode upload to hosting, live call screening, balance levels and loud measure broadcast standards, full branding packages, logo design, podcast site, website, show artwork. Or do you just want to get on the mic and get your ideas out there? The Fringe FM team is here to help with all of your podcasting, audio and video production needs. From simple podcast to audio enhancement, our professional production staff will make it easier than ever to create the podcast you desire. Visit thefringe.fm, join our team, and get jump started on your podcast today. Everything is awesome. Everything is cool when you're part of a team. What are you doing on Wednesdays? I want to invite you to join me, Jess Rogie, the host of The Rogie Report, where I provide commentary and invite guests on to talk about UAPs, conspiracies, current events, nature of reality, consciousness, and of course, the paranormal. Listen to The Rogie Report every Wednesday live at 6 p.m. Pacific. 9 p.m. Eastern here on the Fringe FM, KTLK Digital Broadcasting. For a lot longer than most podcasts have been around, The Secret Teachings has been at the forefront of unique investigation into both the mundane and the extraordinary. Critical thought and controlled speculation allowed us to determine that the much-anticipated UAP report would be vague, unexplained, and would simply imply the need for defense against national security threats. We determined that sonic weapons were the cause of Havana Syndrome a full year before CNN acknowledged the same. We told you about the mind-controlled magic, sex slavery, and intellectual theft in the music industry long before Britney Spears spoke out about her conservatorship, and we've been removed from radio for refusing to censor our show over international child trafficking networks and sex cults long before Epstein didn't kill himself. This has been done with no budget, only your support, and a will to learn and succeed. And you can continue to be a part of the Secret Teachings journey as we broadcast Monday through Friday after lighting the void with Joe Roop, right here on KTLK Digital Broadcasting, The Fringe FM. KTLK Digital Broadcasting, The Fringe FM, brings you exclusively The Secret Teachings with Ryan Gable. Listen, I have a story for you. A healing, possibly divine. A girl performing miracles after a visitation from the Virgin Mary. I have read several libraries worth on the supernatural. Investigated half a dozen miracles. Prove them all false. 
He's been hearing something. What? A voice. He said it's the Archangel Michael, and he's been giving Raymond instructions. What instructions? At first, it was just working at the food kitchen, giving clothes to the poor, things like that. Seeing is believing. And why do you think Mary chose you? I opened myself up and welcomed her in. Witnesses of the Virgin Mary draw millions of faithful each year. The Vatican's been tasked to investigate this visitation from the Blessed Virgin. Why did Monica not Angela? He's being haunted. Angels don't haunt. Sure they do. Angels destroyed Sodom and Gomorrah. They turned Lot's wife into a pillar of salt for looking back. They killed the Assyrian army. At God's behest in defense of the righteous. Angels are not cherubs. Angels terrify everyone in the Bible. He's here. You think there could be other forces at play here? When God builds a church, the devil builds a chapel next door. Don't doubt her. Doubt weakens faith. Hail Mary, full of grace. Pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. This is not the work of the Virgin Mary. It's the work of the unholy. Faith in evil and poverty evil. Offer your soul to Mary. Holy Mary, Mother of God, the Lord is with you. There are people in this world who are connectors. They influence people. They have their jobs. Uh, teachers, stockbrokers, uh, expert witnesses. They pretend to be normal. But their real pursuit is evil, encouraging others to do evil. You don't have to believe in the supernatural to know that there are people out there who do bad things and encourage others to do bad things for the sheer pleasure. You are tuned into the Secret Teachings Radio. I'm your host, Ryan Gable. If you'd like to contact the show, rdgable at yahoo.com. Tonight I ask you, what defines a miracle? What defines good? What defines evil? What defines an angel? And what defines a demon or a devil? What defines God? What defines the devil? I've always pointed out that the word God, the name God in English... If you add an O, you get good. If you take the word devil and remove the D, you get evil. We know that evil is an inversion of life. Therefore, evil, E-V-I-L, is an inversion of L-I-V-E. So I would argue that evil is anything that inverts, anything that attempts to overwrite, anything that harms or abuses or oppresses life, nature, and particularly the innocent. Unless you're a psychopath, unless you have some wires in your brain not connected, I think everybody, I, I really feel, I think everybody would agree that harming a child 
is evil. I really think that I think everybody would agree that harming a child, raping a child, torturing a child, abusing a child is evil. I think we can agree on that. Because most of us have not lost our moral compass. Most of us are not void of morality. We're not totally unvirtuous. We know that children are innocent. Children do not think like we do. Children live in a world of fantasy. A world of brain waves that we don't experience in a waking conscious state. Children absorb what they are placed into, their environment. And that molds them into who they will become. When the innocent are abused and tortured, when they are raped and beaten, the innocent, and I mean this literally and as a metaphor for certain things that are going on in the world around us today, from Hollywood to the music industry to the intelligence agencies with Jeffrey Epstein to the royal family and to the Vatican, when you are abused, when you are tortured, when you are raped, it damages you in a way that is virtually irreversible. You then either succumb to it, further harm yourself, and die by your own hand suicidally or otherwise. You drink yourself to death, take a bunch of drugs, or you intentionally kill yourself, or you go on to promulgate the abuse. And a child doesn't know, so a child thinks that even though it's something that feels wrong or does it just doesn't seem right and they want to tell others, they're told not to. It's their fault they've been tortured or their fault they've been raped or their fault they've been abused. Everybody's different, but some people can come out of that. That is something that psychos, psychopaths, and evil people, people that want to do evil and influence others to do evil, this is something that they have crafted into a weapon that has been used against mankind for hundreds of years, thousands of years. This is why the Pope raises his hand in the air as the father who is going to strike the unruly child. Get the picture? So what exactly is evil? I view evil as anything that inverts life, anything that inverts that which is natural. Anything that overturns the laws of nature and the laws of God. There are four, generally speaking, types of miracles. Healing miracles, exorcisms, resurrections, and the exercising of control over nature. Jesus turned water into wine. Jesus walked on water. Jesus was able to control water. Jesus resurrected Lazarus from the dead. Come forth. Jesus healed the sick, and Jesus also exercised the sick. It was believed that the sick were influenced by demonic presences all throughout human history. So to heal someone of sickness was to exercise the demon. The false prophets and the high priests particularly today in the 21st century, those that are part of the technocracy, 
those that are part of the intelligence operations to blackmail people through the abuse of children and underage girls. These people are the high priests in a cult of death. The ones that want you to be a medical experiment. The ones that want to suffocate you, literally. They want to subjugate you to their will. They tell you that they can heal you from disease. That they can exercise the demons out of society if you give them more control, if you turn in your friends and family. They can control nature through genetic engineering and they can resurrect the dead by prolonging the life of those who should have died through technocratic means and the merging of man with machines. They are false prophets. They are not the Son of God. They are the sons and daughters of Satan, and their miracles are abominations. They only appear to be complete. They only appear to be instantaneous. They only appear to be durable. The three standard principles that define a miracle in the eyes of the church. I watched a movie a couple of nights ago with my fiancé, Hope. It's called The Unholy. I wouldn't really recommend going and watching it. I rented it. It was a waste of money, I thought. But it really gave me a good idea for a radio show. It gave me an even better idea for a radio show because the night before I had watched an episode of the TV show called Evil. The episode was called A is for Angel, where a guy was being influenced by an angel that called himself Michael. In the movie The Unholy, it's a girl who is deaf and mute who comes into contact with this beautiful, glowing woman who she believes to be the Holy Virgin Mary. She heals the girl. People are stunned. They begin to offer themselves to the girl and by extension to Mary so that they are healed, that they are saved. In exchange, Mary only wants them to pledge their soul and their allegiance to her. Pledge your soul to Mary, the girl says. If you see the preview to this movie or read the synopsis, it's no surprise that it's not really the Virgin Mary. It's a girl who was killed and came back to haunt the world, who had made a deal with, well, the devil. A girl who was unholy, who was possessed. She went on to possess the girl in the film was not the Virgin Mary. So the underlying theme and the question was, what we see as a miracle, and what we see as divine and what we see as holy, is it always a miracle? Is it always divine? Is it always holy? Is it really the Virgin Mary? Is that who we're really seeing? Is that who we're really speaking to? Could it not be a disincarnate spirit? Could it not be some demonic, diabolic influence? Could it not be alien or extraterrestrial? The movie doesn't address any of that, but these are questions I'm asking you rhetorically or literally if you want to email me and give me your opinion, rdgable at yahoo.com. 
Similar concept in the TV show Evil. The episode A is for Angel. This guy is being essentially controlled. They use the word haunted by a character that calls himself an archangel, the archangel Michael. And he is telling this guy to do stuff like help the poor, go and help those in need. And it sounds good at first, but his wife, who's pregnant, starts to worry because he wants to sell their house right when she's about to give birth and wants to give all the money away to the poor people. And again, it still sounds good, but it makes the woman think something is something's wrong here. There's, there's something that's not right. So she goes to the church to ask for assistance, and the main characters in this show, a psychologist, a guy who's studying to become uh, part of the church, and then a skeptic who's more of a scientist, and they go and they investigate these supernatural occurrences, demonic possessions, serial killers, things like that. Personally, I enjoy this show. I think it, it's like almost comically kind of written in a fluffy way. But I, I, I like it uh, because of the concepts. So they go investigate. And uh, the episode kind of leaves it open-ended. Uh, as per whether this guy was actually possessed by a demon or an angel, or more so, if the angel was really an angel in the sense that it was pure and holy, or if it was only angelic in certain influences, but demonic in others. And that makes you question, are angels demons and demons angels? If a demon does something that makes you think that it is good, does it become an angel? If an angel does something that makes you think it is bad, does it become a demon? Are angels and demons the same thing? Or are angels and demons better broken down into the archangels and the archdemons of Zoroastrianism under the command of the King of Light, Ormaz, or Ahura Mazda, or Ehrman, Anra Mayu, the Prince of Darkness. The King of Light has six archangels under him. Wisdom, righteousness, dominion, devotion, totality, and salvation. Under the Prince of Darkness are six archdemons, anarchy, apostasy, presumption, destruction, decay, and fury. Are these not words that we would describe as bad, as evil? Are these not things that we would associate with darkness? Are these not things that we really don't want to perpetuate? I don't want to be destructive. I don't want to wage anarchy on nature. I don't want to presume before I know, get lost in anger and fury, suffer from a decay of spirit, or renounce my virtues or my ethics or my general sense of relative morality. I want to seek wisdom. I want to be righteous by some definition. I wish to have dominion over Myself to have control of my emotions. I wish to be devout and to be total in these views and these beliefs and find and seek salvation through them, through the secret teachings, through the mysteries, through what people call God, what people call religion. People say, well, what is an angel? 
Is an angel the same thing as a demon? Is it the same thing as a, an alien? Is it the same thing as a, as an apparition, as a hat man or a smiling man or a a stick man or a slender man or a momo or some kind of uh, spirit or ghost? And I say that it depends upon your religion. It depends upon your culture. It depends on where you grew up in the world. But there are demons that do good things by some definition and angels that do bad things. I think something something that we define so loosely as evil, so generally as evil, isn't so general, isn't so loose, because evil is L-I-V-E backwards. It is an inversion of life. Those people that want to harm the natural world, that want to overturn the natural order, want to thus overturn God and the rule of God, the rule of nature, the law of nature. I think that's the bottom line. I think that's the period. And those that want to do good wish to harmonize with nature, wish to protect the natural order and protect the innocent. And sometimes to protect the innocent, one must do things that are classified by our polarizing system of definition as evil. Angels did things like destroy Sodom and Gomorrah in the Bible. Angels are not always described as beings of light. If a righteous person does something that is perceived as harmful or it is harmful to somebody else, what is the context? If somebody breaks into my home and they try to hurt my son, instinctually, My body, my soul, my spirit says, get out the plastic wrap and get a kitchen knife, if you know what I mean. And a woman's instinct to protect her child is arguably stronger than a man's instinct. Man's instinct is to protect his family. A woman's instinct is, yes, to protect the family, but protect the child. That's why predators want to get rid of the men, turn men into women, make them feminine. Get rid of men. Men are bad. Men are evil. Men run the patriarchy. Men are why you don't have opportunity. So they can get to the women and get to the children. These are some evil MFers, folks. These are some evil people that want to dismantle masculinity and femininity, not by fully eradicating them yet, but by confusing them and switching them, then eradicating them. And once you can get rid of the defensive barriers, you can take the child. And that's what psychopaths and evil people and demons and devils want to do. And if you've listened to this show for any amount of time, even just in 2021, if you just found us, you know exactly the names of the people, the names of the groups, the names of the ideologies that comprise these types of actions. It is evil to harm the innocent and it is evil to defile nature. It is evil to worship destruction and decay. However, destruction and decay are not always a negative thing because destruction and decay can be positive things that lead to a building of something that is more righteous. 
someone is harming a child and you destroy that person, is it righteous or is it evil? Is it good or is it bad? Is it angelic or is it demonic? I think most of us can agree you might not call it angelic or good. At minimal, it's neutral. It certainly isn't a bad thing to stop somebody from doing a bad thing, even if that means you have to do something bad too. Not that you always have to fight fire with fire. But that's kind of the idea, isn't it? That there's a, a pendulum that swings. That there's a spectrum that we exist on and within. And we always try to find balance. And hopefully it's balance in the direction of that which is light and that which is good. But remember, the devil can quote scripture. And Lucifer is a bearer of light. And there are various forms of light. If Jesus is also light and life and the way, an old practice of mystery initiation, then Jesus is no different than Lucifer. But if Lucifer intends to deceive, then Lucifer becomes the trickster and the false light. This is also astronomical and astrological because Venus, Lucifer, appears in the sky sometimes before the sun as a bright star, a false light, before the sun rises as the true light, the sun, S-U-N-S-O-N of God. Like those in the mysteries, exiting the temple to the east became sons or daughters of God. Transitioning from sons or daughters of man or sons or daughters of woman. Good and evil. Can a miracle be a bad thing? You'd have to define a miracle. In 1996, I was five years old and I was taken... I vividly remember this, one of my only memories as a kid. I was taken to a building in Clearwater, Florida, right off US-19, to what appeared to be an apparition of Mother Mary on the side of this glass building. December 17, 1996, it appeared. People went, they prayed, they worshipped. They kneeled, they bowed, they arced. They gave flowers and lit candles and put up pictures. And It's referred to as Our Lady of Clearwater. I was there for that. I remember that as a kid. There have been countless cases of what the church refers to as Marian apparitions. In the first century, in the year 40, in Spain, the apostle James the Greater saw Mary. In 1578, in Poland, Thomas Makalik saw Mary in a forest, the apparition. In 1594, in Ecuador, Mariana de Jesus Taurus, Saul, Mary. 1608 in Lithuania, a number of children tending sheep, Saul, Mary. In 1664 through 1718 in France, a woman named Benoit Rincurl, Saul, Mary. 1729 in Italy, 
Dominica Targa saw Mary. 1830, St. Catherine Labor in France saw Mary. In 1842, Mary Alphonse Ratisbon in Italy saw the Virgin Mary appear. In 1846, in France, Maximum Gerol and Melanie Calvat saw Mary. 1859, Robinsonville, Wisconsin, the only one in the United States. Adèle Brisset, a Belgian immigrant, saw Mary. She was illiterate as well. 1866, Czech Republic, Magdalene Cadet, was cured of an illness, a true miracle by Mary. In 1871, four children in France saw Mary. In Ireland, in 1879, multiple people witnessed Mary. In 1888, in Italy, Fabiana Sacagna and Seraphina Valentino saw Mary. 1945, in the Netherlands, Ida Pierdeman saw Mary. 18, uh, 1968, rather, through 1970, in Egypt, multiple people, thousands of people saw apparitions of Mary. And recently, in the year 2000, in Egypt, thousands of people documented apparitions of Mary as well. Happened in 1858, in France, Bernadette Subiros might be the most famous case of someone who witnessed Mary. Happened in Portugal in 1917, another famous case of Lucia Santos and two cousins, Jacianta and Francisco Mato. And in 1981, another very famous case in Bosnia, six children saw Mary on a hill. Mary has appeared all over the world. Are these true miracles? Are these true Mariana apparitions, the work of God or the work of the devil? That's up to you to decide. I'm Ryan Gable. This is The Secret Teachings. There's more after this. The music tonight by White Bat Audio. Our affiliate sponsors, please go support them. Pro One Water Filters and US Plus Health links are on our website to their websites. www.thesecretteachings.info You can find my books there as well. Occult Arcane of the Technological Elixir and Food Philosophy. Stay with us. There's more after this right here on The Secret Teachings. You could listen to this. And again, you know, people say David has no evidence. David has no evidence, but... I hate this channel. Or you could listen to The Secret Teachings with myself, Brian Gable, five nights a week on The Fringe FM. And join us to explore the outer limits of history, symbolism, parapolitics, and more. We'll explore a little of everything, but don't take my word for it. I'm kind of like you. I'm a last of a dying breed, a generalist. That's thesecretteachings.info and The Fringe FM. If you're interested in all things that include the occult, from witchcraft to voodoo, and from mythology to alchemy, then why not check out the book Occult Arcana, complete with hundreds of beautiful images. Maybe you want to look at technology, black goo, UFOs, and demonic pacts made in the entertainment industry. Check out the technological elixir, black goo, transhumanism, and invoking AI. Or if that's not enough and you want a practical look at food, lifestyles and ingredients, even those in your pet food, with free solutions to better health, then check out Food Philosophy. All three of these books are available in softcover or PDF at www.thesecretteachings.info 
That's where you can read reviews, see pictures, and even order yours today. It not only supports the secret teachings and Fringe FM, but most importantly, it supports you. Hey there, I'm Ryan Gable of The Secret Teachings, and like my show, I like to associate with people and companies who are passionate about taking steps to a healthier life. Pro One Water Filters brings you simple-to-use systems for the home, business, and even the shower. They filter fluoride, heavy metals, and more, and their shower heads stop chlorine from being vaporized and inhaled. I personally use their systems now for five years, and they're worth every penny sincerely. Our other affiliate, US Plus Health, is a small American company specializing in hydrogen peroxide solutions, isopropyl alcohol, and hand sanitizers with no additional ingredients like ethanol, chloride, or methanol. They use 100% U.S. materials at an FDA-registered facility. Their simple, non-toxic formulations are both safe and gentle. They evaporate quickly and leave no residue or stickiness. They're even recommended by the CDC, FDA, and WHO as opposed to other toxic chemicals like QACs. Find links to these affiliates, Pro One Water Filters, and U.S. Plus Health on our website, www.thesecretteachings.info for links, or visit usplushealth.com and type in the promo code TSTCLEAN. They all say the same thing. They're all like, you know, over the last four years, everything good that happened was because of us. And we would have done more good stuff if it wasn't for those guys. And then the Democrats go, oh, we did all the good stuff. <laughs> like you're all working for the same guy. Want more of The Fringe? Check out thefringe.fm for more information on your favorite shows. Also, don't forget to check out the Fringe mobile app or the other ways you can tune in through the Paranormal Radio app and talk stream live. Where the normal and paranormal collide, it's the Fringe FM. Attention, you are tuned into restricted airspace. Tune out immediately. This is KTLK Digital Broadcasting, the Fringe FM. This is The Secret Teachings. If you'd like to contact the show, email Ryan at rdgable at yahoo.com or find him on Facebook at facebook.com slash thesecretteachings. Howdy, this is Joe Mars, and you're listening to The Secret Teachings. I'm Clyde Lewis from Ground Zero Radio, and you're listening to The Secret Teachings with Ryan Gable. Hi, it's David Childress from Ancient Aliens, and you're listening to The Secret Teachings. Listen, I have a story for you. A healing possibly divine a girl performing miracles after a visitation from the virgin mary i have read several libraries worth on the supernatural investigated half a dozen miracles prove them all false he's been hearing something what a voice he said it's the archangel michael and he's been giving raymond instructions what instructions at first it was just working at the food kitchen giving clothes to the poor things like that seeing is believing and why do you think mary chose you i opened myself up and welcomed her in of the Virgin Mary draw millions of faithful each year. The Vatican has been tasked to investigate this visitation from the Blessed Virgin. Why did Monica not Angela? He's being haunted. Angels don't haunt. Sure they do. Angels destroyed Sodom and Gomorrah. They turned Lot's wife into a pillar of salt for looking back. They killed the Assyrian army. At God's behest in defense of the righteous. Angels are not cherubs. Angels terrify everyone in the Bible. He's here. 
You think there could be other forces at play here? When God builds a church, the devil builds a chapel next door. Don't doubt her. Doubt weakens faith. Hail Mary, full of grace. Pray for us sinners now and at the hour of our death. This is not the work of the Virgin Mary. It's the work of the unholy. Faith in evil and poverty love. Believe in her. Offer your soul to Mary. Holy Mary, Mother of God. There are people in this world who are connectors. They influence people. They have day jobs, uh, teachers, stockbrokers, uh, expert witnesses. They pretend to be normal, but their real pursuit is evil. Encouraging others to do evil. You don't have to believe in the supernatural to know that there are people out there who do bad things and encourage others to do bad things for the sheer pleasure. Faith in evil empowers evil, and it drains you of your vital life force, your spirit and your soul, that you sell for the things that evil gives you, because evil is easy. It's easy to be evil. It's hard to be righteous. You have to work to be righteous. You have to work to be good. You have to work to become something more than this animal body with animal flesh. And when you can overcome that, the occultists say that you commit the animal sacrifice. You sacrifice the animal self. You become something more connected to God, connected to source, connected to spirit. It's hard to do that. It's easy to be evil. It's easy to succumb to your animal nature and animal instincts. It's easy to be evil. And faith in evil empowers evil and it destroys you. Faith in God, whatever you define as God, doesn't need to strengthen God because God is already all-powerful. But strength in God or faith in God gives you strength. Faith in evil destroys you. Faith in God builds you. It puts you through the trials. It puts you through the tests. So much of what we see and what we believe from our religious upbringings and from the social ramifications of having certain beliefs in certain parts of the world, they drive us into these safe spaces. It drives us into this psychological safety. We look at the world and we think things are really bad. What can I do? I'll put my faith in God. God wants you to do something about it, though. God wants you. Because you are an extension of God. You have to do it. When you're speaking to God, you're speaking to the angels. You're speaking to the unconscious. You're speaking to yourself. You're speaking to the universe. It's a beautiful concept, but even people that are religious reject it because they believe God is a physical being. 
Some believe God is an alien. Some believe demons are aliens. Some believe angels are aliens. Some believe demons and angels don't exist. Some believe they're all aliens, and some believe demons are angels, and angels are demons, and vice versa. We debate what is good, what is evil, what is a miracle, what is positive, what is negative. Now, the Kabbalists described angels and ascribed names to angels based on what they represented, what they did. Concepts like the six archangels of Ormaz, Ahura Mazda, the king of light in Zoroastrianism. The six angels are divine wisdom, righteousness, dominion, devotion, totality, and salvation. Under the prince of darkness, Anramanyu or Eraman in Zoroastrianism, are the six archdemons, anarchy, apostasy, presumption, destruction, decay, fury. When you do things out of fury, destruction, presumption, etc., that is evil. That is demonic and diabolic. When you do things that are good, when you search for wisdom, when you are devout, when you are righteous, those are good things. Those concepts are embodied in the angelic names. Michael, fire, Raphael, air, Gabriel, water, Uriel, earth, Seraquil, Raquel, Raimiel, El, is Elohim. These are extensions from the plural gods, from the one singular God. El is where we get gospel, chapel. It all comes from angelos, meaning the messenger, the angels, the messengers of God. The demons can also be messengers of God. Depending on how you define demon, demons often are seeking to assist you by ripping apart the parts of the self that need to be removed before one can enter the holy sanctuary. And the Kabbalists, therefore, ascribe names to angels that related to their duty. For example, Samuel, ending in E-L, Samuel. Samuel is the accuser, the Hasatan the seducer, and the destroyer, the mashit. In Hebrew, Sam means poison. Samuel is the angel of poison, the angel of destruction, the seducer, the accuser. The angel of death is Azrael. The angels that are working with those things that we consider to be evil are not always evil. Azrael is the angel of death in Islam and some Jewish traditions. Azrael is benevolent, though. He acts as a psychopomp. He transports souls of the deceased after death, death, much like uh, the Grim Reaper. Azrael is not a dark angel, per se, but we make these presumptions, and we make these characters for movies, for TV shows, for Hollywood, because it's, well, as humans, we want to know about the unexplained and the unexplored, and so we turn to sources, and sometimes those sources make things a little darker than they need to be because they are more intriguing to us. And that's just how entertainment works. That's how we, that's how we find ourselves to be entertained. It's unfortunate because... People that understand this, that want to do bad things, that want to do evil, can hijack that sense of curiosity. And in the darkness, they can put monsters 
And they can put sigils that are charged with your energy, with your currency, with your money, with your attention, which is what entertain means, to draw, to direct attention. And we charge those concepts, those symbols, those sigils. And if they're powerful enough, and if they're charged enough, they have enough energy, they begin to manifest culturally, socially. They can manifest in our own lives. That's why one must be righteous to ward them off. As they say, put on the armor of God. And I'm telling you all of this tonight, not from the point of view of a Christian. You might think that I'm a big Christian, I'm a Bible thumper, I love the Bible, go to church every week. I don't go to church, but I have a Bible. I also have a Quran. I have a Bhagavad Gita. I have a Tibetan and an Egyptian book of the dead. I have a book of Enoch. I have an Aquarian gospel. I have a Gnostic gospel, a giant text. I've got all kinds of religious texts. I've got Taoist texts. Buddhist texts. And if you take the time to read, if you take the time to listen, you'll realize most of them are telling you the same thing. People who are righteous and look for wisdom, people that are devout, people that are moral, are good. People that choose anarchy and they choose rejection of that which is good intentionally, apostasy. They choose destruction. They choose to decay in anger and hatred and hurt others. Those people are evil. Because when you hurt the innocent, when you destroy the natural order, well, the natural order is life, it is light those things that are illuminated, therefore you reverse living and you become evil. Add a D and you become the devil. Remove an O from good, you get God. Hatred, anger, uncontrolled emotions, these are things that if left unchecked, dominate us and consume us like the grotesque images of monsters that we see in religious texts or in books or in TV or wherever it might be. That's good and evil. Those are the angels and the demons. What about the miracles? What is a miracle? A miracle can be anything. Usually it's described as the curing of a deadly medical condition. And Vatican has a manner by which they go about determining this, but... Generally, a miracle is something that's complete, something that's instantaneous. Healing, exorcism, resurrection, control over nature, all things Jesus demonstrated by turning water into wine, walking on water, feeding the 5,000, healing the sick, exorcising the demons out of the sick. It's an old way of classifying sickness caused by demons, raising Lazarus from the dead, curing the blind, etc., etc., etc. However, the devil can quote Scripture. And what the devil offers you, it might seem good because it's something of material that you can use right now. It's money, fame. It's whatever you want. But you have to become a servant of the devil and do the devil's deeds. In other words, it's selling your soul to the devil. It's making the Faustian pack. It's selling your soul and doing the work of evil. Now, at first, 
You get all the things you ever wanted. The problem is, be careful what you wish for. Because that pact you made with the devil, that Faustian pact, the selling of your soul, makes you a servant of evil. And what you thought was golden and beautiful is blackened and ugly. One of my favorite stories outside of the Egyptian myth of Osiris and Set is the story of Apollonius of Tiana, an ancient Greek Pythagorean philosopher. I told this story at the end of my book, Occult Arcana. You can get a copy of it on the website at www.thesecretteachings.info. The story goes like this. Upon returning from a trip to India, Apollonius ventured through Greece, stopping in Athens and a number of other towns. According to his biographer, another philosopher named Philostratus, who died in 245 AD, according to his biographer, another philosopher, he met a vampire, uh, Lamia, while visiting Corinth. This story is derived from the life of Apollonius of Tyana, a text composed of eight books written in ancient Greece. A youthful student named Minippus, who possessed only a cloak, followed Apollonius on his journey. A rumor had circulated from his friends that there was a very wealthy and very beautiful, desperate woman who wanted to make him her husband despite their social ranks. This woman was wealthy, she was beautiful. And Minippus just had a cloak. He had nothing else. He was a student. He was a follower. This woman was a Phoenician, and Minippus was elated to hear that he was loved by this woman and wanted to make her his wife. He loved her very deeply. He invited Apollonius to be a guest of honor at a wedding breakfast but he held reservations, citing impending danger for his disciple. Apollonius didn't want to join the breakfast because Apollonius knew that there was something else going on. Apollonius, however, decided to attend the gathering, but agreed in attending that he was for a special occasion to break his habit of abstinence from expensive meal and drink. He would attend. He would have fun, he would party with his, his disciple, if you will. Arriving at the wealthy bride's home, he sent to make her acquaintance, and looking her over, turned to his disciple, inquiring as to whom owned the numerous silver and gold containers and decorations in the banquet hall. Menippus thus ensured they belonged to the woman, because all he possessed was a cloak. In response, Apollonius said, quote, All this adornment is not reality, but semblance. And thy fine and dainty bride is not a mortal, but a vampire, a lamia. End quote. These creatures were mythical monsters with the body of a woman, or head and breast of a woman in the body of a serpent. They are said to prey on humans and drink the blood of the youth. They are like Lilith, at least the dark version of Lilith. They are like the incubuses and succubuses, they are like the sirens that lead men to their demise, like the Starbucks logo. Apollonius went on to explain 
Quote, these beings are devoted to the delights of Aphrodite, but still more to devouring human flesh. End quote. The wealthy bride protested in a diatribe against philosophers and ushered Apollonius to leave her home, for he was unwelcome. But the master instead grabbed a silver goblet from the table and felt for its weight in his hand, determining that it was virtually weightless, like a feather. It was hollow. There was nothing to it. It was an illusion. The goblet then vanished along with the plates and other vessels, and so too did the servants and cooks fall to dust when Apollonius spoke a certain imprecation, a curse. The house then likewise tumbled into ruins. In anguish, the lady begged for relief and was forced to confess her plan to fatten and devour Menippus for, quote, it was her habit to feed upon young and beautiful bodies because their blood is pure and strong, end quote. This references the consumption of blood for rejuvenating purposes and hints at the Eucharist. Modern science has also confirmed that what was believed throughout history pertaining to blood and aging, that this is all true, that blood actually can reverse the aging process. They've done this in mice. What we can take out of this story, on all matters, all things occult, all things arcane. For the promise of various riches or worldly love and happiness are often as weightless as the silver goblets and rich vessels adorning the tables at the wedding breakfast. So too was the entire house merely turned to ruin. Let us not be subdued by the siren Lamia, seeking to devour our flesh by the illusions of grandeur. We must slay the alchemical dragon. We must assassinate the animal beast of ourself. And then we will find the stone of the philosopher where it has been hidden in the most perfect and secure location. You saw that in Harry Potter, didn't you? Harry has the stone the whole time. It's within all of us. The gold, the silver, the material possessions are an illusion. Not that if you're wealthy and have these things that you're a bad person or a vampire. I don't want to digress, but I think you get my point. Therefore, I came up with tonight's show name and I, I thought, that's a good show name. The Devil Bears Nada. You know, kind of like the Devil Wears Prada, the Devil Bears Nada. I actually looked up some pictures for the Devil Wears Prada, and it's that high heel with, like, the pitchfork. And that reminded me of uh, His Infernal Majesty, him, H-I-M, from the Powerpuff Girls, that old cartoon in the 90s. He was like a flamboyant uh, LGBTQ-like devil that haunted these these three uh, girls who had superpowers. The Devil Bears Nada. The Devil Bears Nothing. The Faustian contract is... A scam. It's a ruse. The breakfast dinner is a scam. The vampire wants to drink your blood and eat your flesh. It wants to consume you. It wants to murder you. It wants to watch you suffer. It wants to suck the life out of you. So be careful what you wish for. And remember, the devil can quote scripture as well or better than the saints than the religious faithful. Be careful what you wish for, because the devil can mimic the holy. The devil does mimic the holy. And be careful what you 
kneel to. Be careful what you arch to. Be careful what you worship, not only what you wish for. Be careful what you worship. Sure, you might see apparitions. People throughout history have seen the Virgin Mary. From France and Portugal and Bosnia to Spain and Poland and Ecuador, Lithuania, Italy. To Egypt, the Netherlands, the Czech Republic and in Wisconsin in 1859 in the United States. An illiterate Belgian immigrant named Adèle Brisse. Mary's also been seen on the building of a Clearwater, Florida, uh, the side of a Clearwater, Florida office building. 1996, I was five years old. I was there. I lived in St. Petersburg, right around the corner from Clearwater. My mom took me. December, 9, uh, December 17, 1996, it appeared. People called it the Christmas miracle, Our Lady of Clearwater. Is it good? Is it bad? Some people think that the apparitions of the, of the Virgin Mary, of Mother Mary, are actually portents, that they're actually omens of something terrible that is to come, like Mothman, kind of like the Angel of Death, kind of like Azrael. A psychopomp taking people to heaven, not an evil character. They look evil, but they're a god of the dead like Osiris. They're there to help you transition to the other life. They're there on behalf of God to secure your soul. You know, Mothman, Azrael, those sounds like those sound like evil things, the angel of death. But they're not really evil things. And some things that seem holy, something that seems you know, they seem really good and full of light and they want to help you. Be careful what you wish for. Be careful what you worship. Be careful what you follow. You might think it's Mary. You might think it's Jesus or the saints or the angels. It just as well could be the blackened version of the goddess. It very well could be the Antichrist, the demons, the devils diabolic forces. Should we really even turn away from them because things that are dark and evil sometimes, well, most of the time they can help us. Remember though, the archangels that are good of Zoroastrianism, where we get a lot of our ideas for the polarizing views on good and evil, the good angels are wisdom and righteousness, dominion, devotion, totality, and salvation. The evil angels are anarchy, apostasy, presumption, destruction, decay, and fury. The good angels serve under Ormaz, the king of light. The evil angels serve under Aramon, the prince of darkness. They provide balance. Apparitions, things that we see that make us stop and look to the divine, look to a higher source. Are they always holy? Are they always divine? Maybe they're not divine. Maybe they're not evil. Maybe it's pareidolia. In fact, the eastern retaining wall of the Temple Mount has been in the news because some plants had grown into the form of a couple of letters. Yod-Heva. First three letters in God's Four-letter name minus He, Yad Heveh, Yadway, Yahweh. First three letters have appeared on that wall. Is that a portent? Is that an omen? Just like seeing 
the Virgin Mary? Is it an omen? Some people believe seeing the Virgin Mary is actually an omen of something bad, like Mothman. That these things come before destructive events. I don't know. I'm just providing you with my perspective tonight. Be careful what you wish for. Be careful what you worship. The devil is in the details. The devil uses idle hands to do his work. The devil offers you things and provides nothing. And faith in the devil, faith in evil, faith in the easy, empowers evil. And it steals your soul. It drains you of that vital life force. Faith in God and the good, however, strengthens only you as an extension of that which you have faith in. The devil bears nada. The gold and the silver and the palace, the beautiful woman, the story of Apollonius and Menippus is an illusion. It's not real. It's fake. The devil bears nada. The devil bears nothing. Faith in the devil empowers evil and faith in God empowers you. I'm Ryan Gable. And I think that we should not only be careful what we worship, but we should be careful what we wish for. Wishing for the good sometimes can bring us bad. We should not only be careful what we wish for, but we should be careful what we worship. Sometimes worshiping those things we think are good might actually be bad. Be cautious. Stay safe, stay informed, stay healthy. Check out our website at thesecretteachings.info. Grab my books. Support the show. Subscribe to the archive. Get access to the montages and the digital books. Check out our Patreon and our affiliates, Pro One Water Filters and US Plus Health. www.thesecretteachings.info. The email, rdgable at yahoo.com. Ave Maria. Be careful what you worship. The devil bears not a... Time's up. Time may be up for tonight's broadcast of The Secret Teachings, but don't worry, you can still catch us Monday through Friday right here exclusively on The Fringe FM. You can also subscribe to the show and montage archive while grabbing my books at thesecretteachings.info. To get in contact with us, you can email the show at rdgable at yahoo.com. Stay tuned to KTLK Digital Broadcasting, The Fringe FM.